We've all heard it said that if there is a God, why did this terrible thing happen? As if God did it. No, the devil did it. He's the one who walked into the Garden of Eden and lied to mankind. God told man that you can have dominion over all the earth. Authority and blessings of all kinds will be yours and you will live. But God gave us a choice. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or the way this creation works will cause you to die. Don't be your own God and make little of my word is what he was saying. Satan came into the world to mess it up and we are the ones who decided to listen to him instead of God because we were given liberty, a free will, and we abused it. Because our nation has chosen not to listen to God, he has made it clear to me that he is going to let this nation be brought to its knees. Today, we're going to put some context on that so that you'll understand how to work with God in what's coming upon us. This past week in Canada, a pastor was stopped on a freeway by a SWAT team that arrested him for inciting a crowd to come and worship God. The picture in the news literally has him on the highway on his knees. The resistance to the gospel is coming, but God is going to use it. I have two subjects today, really. What does it mean to be brought to our knees? And secondly, we're going to look at the faith that doesn't want. Being brought to our knees has happened twice in the last week. My daughter was in a potentially fatal emergency situation the other day. After a routine test, she was told to get to the ER immediately. But when she got to the door, the security guard refused to let her in. She said she needed a CT scan right away, so he sent her to radiology where they told her she'd need to get an appointment. She finally got to the ER where they began to work on her with such an urgency that they didn't even take the time to tell her what was happening. All I can say is that she is going to need your prayers. Being brought to our knees is also what my second daughter faced last weekend when her husband called and said that he loved his wife and would probably die in the fire that he was trapped in. Rescue was on the way, but it looked like it was going to be too late. Then the phone went dead. Both of these are extreme situations, but they are also our family's real life in the past seven days. And they are no joke. Satan is in the garden and we're in preparation for a battle. However, they are also both situations which turned out for the good. The point is that God will allow life to bring us to the place of needing to desperately look up, cry out to Him, and find a far greater depth of the reality of God, of eternity, and of our personal spiritual need. Make no mistake, He didn't do this to my family, but God did allow it. And He's going to use the things like these that cause us to call out to Him when bad things happen. We can either try to find someone to blame or blame God. But why blame him for what the devil did? What we need to do is ask him why he allowed it. One day when I asked him that, his answer was quick. Why did you allow it? But in every case, we can know that he is working on our behalf. 
For me, the past year and a half has been a time of being brought to my knees to seek him simply because of who he is and who I needed to be myself. This season has been one of a very honest, humbling, and trying time where I was being led of the Spirit to gain a far greater and more intimate place with God. I've had to let go of nearly everything that was a part of my life for years. It's not that this describes how deep this process will be for others, but it does describe the path of God to draw me closer to Him until He was absolutely my only hope, my only joy, and my only reason for living. I had come to the place where leaving this world was not a big deal as far as being a sad, fearful, or terrible thing. And it is in this perspective that God has made it clearer that what He has been doing in my life is a reflection of what He is going to do in this country. The end result of being brought to one's knees is a place of extreme blessing, closeness to God, and of having a joy that no life situation or man can take away. There is a place of faith where believing isn't something we are using because we want something. It is a connection with God where we are experiencing exactly what we need right here and right now. Faith itself becomes the relationship with God that is our great reward. Paul said we live by faith, we walk by faith, and we receive by faith. This faith left him not wanting for peace, joy, and hope. It left him not wanting for a new life because he already had a new life. He wasn't wanting for the power to change, the relief to overcome fear, or the power to love. Nor was he bound by all the evil in the world around him. By faith, God's Spirit was already with him. All he needed was supplied. And through his journey to find this faith, he could say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we are full of the sufficiency of God in all things. And he would say, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And we have the power that raised Christ from the dead working in us. We have eternal life now. Abraham learned that God himself was his exceedingly great reward. David would pen that by having the Lord as his shepherd, he would not want. He said, They that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. The consistent record of 1,600 years of recorded biblical history reveals that faith is intended to give us a life that is complete by God with us, in us, near us, and for us. In a real sense, God is dismantling things, shaking them to recreate them and to establish His life in us. This has become real for me like I have never known before in over 40 years in the pulpit. I can surrender all I have because He is already all that I need. When I sit in my man cave, and the measures of how great thou art begin to play. I am usually easily taken away into the Spirit where the essence of this life in Christ manifests the river of living water that Jesus talked about. My excitement about the Lord is no longer based on something extraordinary that He just did. It's about merely living every day in His presence. That faith brings the peace and joy and the power to live each day 
without the flesh successfully demanding that I feel better, do more, be different, or get something. The faith that does not want is a faith that understands the scripture that says, always bearing about in the body, the dying of Jesus, that the life of Christ may be manifested in you. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. This is the kind of faith that gives us the power to kill public enemy number one, selfishness. Until we have the faith that does not want, I don't believe we're in a place to faithfully experience much of the faith that seeks more. If our faith does not first find relief by learning to receive what we have already been given, which is a faith that is always God's will for us all the time, if we don't have that first, we probably aren't very trustworthy with a faith that receives more. This is the kind of faith that worked for Corrie Ten Boom in the Nazi concentration camp or for my grandmother in her bedridden final years, and will work for any man in any country, in prosperity or poverty, and will produce the love that never fails. Faith that never wants, doesn't need a ministry, doesn't need the approval of men, isn't preoccupied with self-esteem, and has no urgent need to accomplish anything for God or men. It proceeds from a place of calm into the critical battlefields of this life with no fear of failure, for the responses of men are not the measure of success. This faith isn't defensive when persecuted or defeated by the fear of loss. That's why you can't threaten faith, even with death. It's already dead to the world, and it is alive to God right now. The inhabitants of earth are not miserable because of what has happened to them. They are miserable because of how they have responded to their hard times. When we respond with faith instead of blame, we release the promises of God, to overcome battles that are simply too great for us. Sometimes, God has to cut us back, until we are in the place where He is free to work on our behalf.